When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You're listening to the Ravens Press Pass Podcast. Today we had a chance to hear from Ravens Director of Player Personnel, Joe Hortiz. He held a session with local reporters, breaking down some film of the Ravens' six drafted prospects, giving us his perspective on what he likes about this class. And he answered some questions from the media about this draft class and the impact they could have on the team this year. Joe, can you describe the pressure building up to a draft where you had so few picks? Or is that how much different that when you got 10 or 11, like you had in so many of the other prior years? Yeah. Um, I guess you can create the pressure is the best way for me to put it. But I think all I think every year we have we put that pressure on ourselves. Like we want to you want to get every pick right. You really do. And um, when you have less, it's like, all right, we got to We we do. We got to nail every one of these picks. And uh, um, but I don't think it really we really don't change our approach. We don't do things differently because, oh my God, we got to make, we're always trying to be thorough, be detailed, have all the information um, and make the best decision. Um, but you definitely, I think post-draft, like, well, you know, you, you have less at-bats, so you better get more. You better have a better batting average. You know, you, you feel more pressure that way, but I think it's more post-draft. You know, we wanted to be great uh, with this draft and we wanted to nail every one. No, but we're we were like that when we had 11 picks last year. You want to get them all right, um, but there's probably a little bit more pressure, I guess, because you have less swings at the plate. It seemed like in a lot of pre-draft, and it seemed like this year a lot of players that, like, that some people had them like you know some players really high, some people, you know a little bit lower. Did you have a feeling of whether Zay would be there when you picked, or were you kind of surprised that he was there? Um, you thought he could be. He was certainly one of the players that all our scouts looked at um, of the guys that we thought could be there. Um, was I shocked that he was there? No, I wasn't. Did I think he could have gone before we picked? Absolutely. And again, the way the receiver run was last year and the the amount of resources that have been poured into the position, the fact that the run didn't start till right around when we were picking, that actually surprised me a little bit. You know, so... Um, who went first, that wouldn't have surprised me. That Because I think everyone, if you asked everyone from February to the draft to shake them up in a cup and pour them out, you're going to get different orders every single time. You know, But I thought that the run might start a little earlier just because of the way the league is treating the position now. Joe, were there ways that uh, BC maybe didn't use, say, that you were – 
Or I guess didn't you send my enough of that you were hoping to see on tape because you thought it would projected in not really, no. They, I mean, they used him in a lot of different ways. I mean, he's a, you know, he's certainly probably their best playmaker, you know. And so like they, they tried to get him the ball. They put him, like I said, they had him out wide. They put him in the slot. They moved him to the backfield. They tried to use him on a double pass. He aborted and took it in on his own. But um, no, I think, you know, I, you know, he, he, when you're that good of a player, you don't want to overuse him. Maybe on as a punt returner, but he shows the ability to catch punts and certainly look really natural doing it at the east-west when i was out there watching him there so as a follow-up to that i think you're just looking at his statistical progression i think that freshman year he was getting the ball a lot on carries design design touches and yeah he goes to sophomore year and has that breakout year was that just you know him maybe leveling up as a receiver and then you know realizing what he was or what was something else with him you know his role changing and becoming more of that that downfield right yeah it's probably just him him growing as a receiver I would think if you look at you know when you have veteran players anywhere college pro like they you kind of especially in college you got a senior junior that you trust and you got the young guy that's a playmaker let's get the ball in his hands give him some carries we got the the seniors or the juniors that we get you know they've been the x they've been the z um so yeah that's probably them just like let's get him let's find ways to get the ball in his hands I think a lot of college coaches do that uh when they get a player like Zay like just find a way to get it to him, and then let him grow into his role, and that's what he did. With, uh, with Addison, you know, he played with Kenny Pickett, and then he transferred, and he played with probably the guy who's going to be the number one overall pick next year. Uh, with Zay, you know, did you see more upside there because he wasn't playing with a quarterback, you know, that's going to be most likely a first-round pick, and what he can become in an NFL offense? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think when you look at players and there's, listen, there's not a lot of number one picks playing quarterback in college football, you know, so they are what they, their quarterbacks are what they are. And, um, you know, I think you look at a receiver, especially, um, or a tight end, you look at them and how are they running routes? How are they catching the ball? You know, is the ball on target? Nope. It wasn't on target there, you know, and, but man, he got open. He can separate. He can, you know, when the ball is on target, he can finish, he can catch, he can catch contested. So, um, I think you really look at him independent. Um, sometimes scheme is probably more a player, can, his production can be affected more by scheme than necessarily who the quarterback is. Um, now, certainly I can think of quarterbacks and I can think of players, again, without naming names, since this is on the record, um, that, man, they left a lot of yards out there with that. You know, there's been some receivers that might have an, another 300 yards in their college senior season but the quarterback you know cost them those you know but that's that's the nature of the game you know but that receiver you see him he's wide open he got deep just got overthrown you know so you you feel like hey he's going to be able to do it you get an accurate ball on him you're going to get more production from him how much discussion had there been uh, with doing what you guys ultimately did with Voorhees and can you just kind of take us through how that played out because I mean, you guys had already done your press conference and everything. Yeah, so, um, you know, it was just, it was like, it's almost like an organic thing. You know, it's like our scouts liked him. Uh, you know, he tore his ACL. I still had Jody look at him and Jody liked him. Co- offensive line coaches liked him. Um, Devlin li- liked him. So we did all the same work on him. Um, and then we had him on the board and it was one of those things where we only have six pick or five picks. And, um, you know, if we got an opportunity to, to get a late round pick, he'd be a guy we'd consider. And uh, and so it was talked about 
throughout the draft process. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's other players that are injured, you know, or have a medical concern that we'll still consider taking. Um, and it just got to the point where we came down here, had the discussion uh, with you guys, had the press conference with you guys, and, it, you know, Eric kind of called it a shot, I think. I, you know, who knows? We might get, you know, get back in. Um, but we went back up there, and, and we, we talked about it um, going into day three. You know, if we, got enough, if we made a trade and got a seventh-round pick, he'd be a guy that we'd target. And we were just able to get back in. When we got back up there, there were some teams with multiple picks that, frankly, didn't want to use all of them, and we were able to trade next year six for them. And so it just kind of worked out great, you know. But, I, you know, it wasn't one of those things where, like, we're definitely doing it. It was, you know, just if, it, if the opportunity presents itself and it's something we'd consider. Process question um, with Simpson. You're sitting there in the third late. I know Eric in the past has bemoaned not having a second round pick and how difficult that weight is. And you're seeing these guys fall off the board. How difficult is it just to kind of be patient to think that one guy you have graded in that spot is still going to be there? And when, is there a lot of discussion in that case about, hey, maybe we should move up to get this guy or we're going to be left with a lot? Uh, you know, I think in some years, when it's one guy that you're sitting on, you, you might be more inclined to go up if you have some resources to go up with. Um, in this case, it wasn't just one guy. When we, st we we had plenty of targets, so to speak, when day two began. Obviously, we knew there was going to be a lot of tr attrition through the second round. But when we started the third, there were still a good number of names up there that we were we liked. And then they literally just probably 15 picks away, they kind of just rolled off the board, that cluster of guys, and he was the last one standing. Um, there comes a point where you're like, okay, we're four picks away. We got we got three guys left. One of them's going to be there. You know, you just – because you're in the third round, there's no – like, I mean, it can happen. You could lose all three picks. Um, but as the way it worked out, Trenton was it, you know, and he was sitting there. And um, – so, yeah, there's some years where you, you'd want to consider going up, but if it's just like one guy who's kind of sitting out. Um, but I think I've learned personally in terms of patience, like the draft is the draft, you know, and you're going to be sitting there and a guy you really hope gets to you is going to be taken. And you just got to be ready to take the next one. To follow up on that, just kind of another process question. Do you guys, maybe you've already told us this, like give guys – uh, round grades um, so that if you are there in the third round and there's literally no guys with a third round grade, then you would be compelled to trade into the fourth round or something. I mean, is that how you evaluate? This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Yeah, we don't put great round grades on players. We put just a number grade on a player. Um, yeah, and just, you know, typically this grade, you know, again, we stack it, you know, and Eric stacks it with the, you know, with the room, uses the room to, and his opinion, obviously, to stack the board. But then I have my own individual ranking. So if Eric asks me, would you take a player at, 84 or at 36 doesn't matter if he's in my top 36 and Eric asked me would you take him at 36 and I say no well who else am I going to take you know so it's like yeah I would take him at 36 you know so um now typically I know in my stack like I may there will be somebody there's going to be other players that one maybe I haven't seen or two I just didn't like as much are going to go ahead so it's almost like in the third round someone in my top 60s will probably be there, you know, if we're picking at 90, you know. And so, you know, would I take 90 in the third round? Yeah, I would because I have 90 players and we're the 90th pick. That's who I would take. But that's kind of how it works. Um, So the scouts that do them, Eric may say, hey, would you take him in the third round? Well, they haven't done everyone else on the board, but they're just kind of like, it just doesn't feel like a third-round player to me. It's more like a fourth um, you know, that's, this just a dialogue conversation, but in the end, wherever we're picking, we've got to have, if we're 22, we got to have 22 guys. So if I say I'd take a guy in the first round, he's in my top 22, he might be the 22nd guy, but yeah, I'd take him. And there's times where I'm like, you know what? He's not even in my top 22 and I'd still take him. He might not be my top 22, but if the room likes him enough, heck yeah, I'd take him. Cause I still like him. He's just number 23 or 24 for me. You know, it's not. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the organization's pick. You're listening to the Ravens Press Pass Podcast. This is a conversation with Joe Hortiz, the Ravens Director of Player Personnel, breaking down some of the prospects from this year's class and what he thinks the six drafted players could bring to the team this year. Joe, with Tavius, I'm curious, have you seen more talent coming out of Canada in recent years? And then uh, secondly, is, is his hustle and retracing to the ball kind of uncanny? Um, answer the second one, uncanny, no, but I like it. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where it just, you can't help but not enjoy seeing guys play hard and 
go. And there's certainly other players in college football that do it. Um, but it's just, he just, it's a motor. I mean, he, he's passionate and cares about the game. Um, and yeah, you know, for players coming from Canada, I think there's, there always have been. Is there a high volume of players from Canada? No, but you do see more and more when you go to the colleges uh, throughout the, the country, you know, that their kids are coming down, they're playing high school. Uh, in Canada, or they may come down to the states and, and play at a you know a prep school or somewhere down here to gain some experience, and then obviously go on to college. But there is definitely, I'd say, growth, and I think you know football's always been popular enough up in Canada. They have the CFL, and there, there's exposure to it. But I think there's probably becoming more and more exposure. There be there's a little bit more exposure nowadays. So two of the maps on Simpson, uh, just reading up on the scouting reports were. One, the missed tackles, and, and then two, just the processing. Do you think both of those are probably a function of just how young he is and just, you know, get more get more reps, get more days in the weight room, that stuff kind of solves itself? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, ta tackling is a thing that you can improve on. I mean, especially when you're an athletic kid, and he is very athletic. So, it <coughs> excuse me, it becomes about leverage about angles, you know, tempo on the back, you know, whatever, you know, breaking down, coming to balance. Um, so that's definitely something that any player with athletic ability can improve upon, um, especially if their technique's off. Um, personally, I thought he was I, – I wasn't concerned about either one. And when, when you talk about, um, you know, processing, you know, you're talking about a player, again, that was really a, a nickel-type rover backer you know so it's going to be different inside the box this year there is a little bit of like process read react go because you're not used to picking up little tells from the offensive lineman because you have never done it before so yes that's something he's a smart kid he's a diligent worker he cares about the game he's going to get better at it with more reps just like all of us more reps is something that we're not as exposed to we'll get better at it over the past few years of the draft, are you finding any trends or correlations on uh, more big picture of, of what teams are liking, disliking, anything that you could, you've recognized? Uh, we study stuff like that, um, you know, and without saying anything, uh, you know, but we certainly do research on it. Um, you know, I think some obvious ones, more receivers are getting taken, you know, um, higher and obviously the backs. It's great to see a couple of backs go in the first round this year, honestly, because I mean, it's not fair, you know. I mean, the basket, you know, everyone's talking, oh, backs undervalued, this and that. They're still good players, you know. So um, I think both those guys are great players and deserving of where they were picked. So I like seeing it, you know. Um, and I, 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 I'm not opposed to taking a running back. I mean, heck, if, if uh, you know, we would have had a chance to put Mel into retirement, you know. But, you know, not that we want to do that. But, he, you know, they're both great players. So, um, yeah, there's definitely trends that go on. Uh, through the league, and we try to study it and and ID them. Um, but it's so fluid. It's so fluid. You know, there's so much turnover in this league, GMs, coaches, coaching staffs. Um, so just when you think you have a trend figured out, it can go the other way. Joe, you're having to talk about a, a first-round wide receiver and, like, was in the knock with, okay, well, maybe, maybe the drops. When you describe kind of the way he went about him, that was more like, well, we understand why that happened. But given, you know, like, for Brashad Perriman, that was a knock on him, and then the way that it worked out. Just in the pre, the bring up, what are the conversations like talking about a guy that as you're going back, pros and cons? Is there extra concern or bigger debates because of that history? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly you gotta you gotta pay attention to history, but you also have to understand that they're different. Every all players are different. Um, 
you you don't want to knock a guy because of a previous player, um, and you also don't want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because of a previous player. So, um, you know, we there, it's funny because you, you mentioned Brashad, um, and then you think about Tory. Tory dropped some balls in college, and Tory was a big, fast, strong guy who ran downfield. So, you know. Did he drop a lot of balls? No, but Torrey would drop some balls in college. Brashad dropped some balls, but Brashad also made great catches. Um, so you just try to compare them to players that we've had um, or players that you know in the league. And, you know, obviously, you know, Brashad wasn't as productive as we had hoped. Um, certainly dealt with some injuries that I truly, I don't know if you guys were out here the day he got her, but I think he had five or six catches for about 170 yards and three touchdowns. I'm like, oh my God. And then he hurts his knee right in front of me and it was a long process of recovery and that you know you know I don't know if that's why but he still dropped some balls afterwards so Zay I feel good about Zay's hands and I think you look at him individually I really do I think if you sit there and say oh he dropped some balls so did this guy they're going to be the same guy I, I just don't think that's fair I think you have to really dig into it and see why they're doing it, if there's a reason, if there's a common occurrence, um, what causes the drops. Um, but you see him make enough contested catches. And again, you guys saw it on the on the film. He catches the ball away from his frame. It's just sometimes you got to focus a little more, you know. If he had to get on the field, he might be able to help you this, this year, whether it be Blitzer, you know, run stopper, uh, pass cover. What do you think he does best right now? Yeah, I think I think early on the thing that's going to stand out about him is his ability to pursue and and run to the ball. And then he does have blitzing ability. I mean, he he is explosive, you know, off the edge or coming from depth, um, you know. So if if you had to say, okay, Joe, what's the one thing you're going to hang your hat on, Trenton, right now, day one? What's he going to go out there and do? You're going to tell him to go chase that ball, you know, and 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 go and pressure the quarterback, you know, because he's got elite speed, just like our other two inside backers, you know, who are our two starters. So we, we just added more speed to the inside backer position and speed and athleticism. So it's great. With someone like Caillou, uh, does pedigree matter at all or is it just like another line that has kind of biographical information on a prospect? Yeah, you know, I, I think – when you, it doesn't hurt, certainly. Um, you know, he's been around the game. And, you know, a lot of these guys, you, their generations, you know, grandfathers, fathers played in the league. Um, that exposure does help a player acclimate himself, understand what he's getting into. Um, does it push him up? No. But it's just, it's, it's a positive thing, you know. Um, and there's, Every year in the draft, there's numerous. I mean, obviously Joey Porter, you know, he, you know, who people were asking me about before the draft would be fun. But um, you know, there's they, they they just get exposed to the game. They understand how it goes. So yeah, it's a positive thing. Um, I wouldn't say it's something that oh we got to take this guy because he's his dad played in the league. So with, with Zay, obviously the pre-draft questions were can he play outside? Yeah. You know, is he big enough and all that? Obviously, we had conviction that he can play outside and inside. What were the attributes that you saw from him that made up for the size difference that tells you, yes, in the NFL he can play outside? Yeah, so it's it's he's explosive speed, all right, and he's strong. Like he's not big, but he's strong. So you watch him, you watch guys grab him, 
and which they do even in this league, they get called for a lot more than they do in college. College is crazy. Um, but he can fight through contact. He can fight off contact. He can handle the bump because he's got such good strength and core, you know, center of gravity. He just he can get bumped, get his foot in the ground, and work off contact. So you see it. And then his ability to play big for himself, for his size at the catch point. Uh, but he's just route skill. I mean, you can, he can separate back down the stem. He can, and he's a vertical threat, so he creates pressure on the DB, and then he's able to work back down away from him. So he's just got a route ability at all, really X, Y, Z, you know, wherever. Just line him up and go run around and get open and catch the ball and make plays. This is the Ravens Press Pass podcast. That was Ravens Director of Player Personnel, Joe Hortiz breaking down the six players who the Ravens drafted in this year's class. Also, if you missed it, go ahead and check out the Lounge Podcast feed. We actually sat down with Ravens General Manager Eric DaCosta earlier this week. It was a 45-minute conversation about the draft, the moves the Ravens have made this offseason, and the overall approach that the Ravens bring to the scouting process. Really insightful conversation with him, so go ahead and check that out in the Lounge Podcast feed. Make sure that you subscribe to both these feeds. Also leave a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again soon. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.